There are options in life where we can make a choice that will make a significant difference in uh, how our experience is in life. Medication can be used to cure an illness or it can be abused and cause a very serious problem. A car can be used for transportation or it can be misused and become a deadly hazard on the highway. Where I lived in Texas, we saw this in reverse. A building that for years had been used as a bar was purchased by our local Baptist association and turned into a mission church in an area where there wasn't a church. It's exciting to watch. The prophet Isaiah describes a choice for the nation of Israel, a choice that ultimately every single one of us has to make. And the choice is this, that the Messiah can be a sanctuary of salvation or a rock of destruction. Here's how Isaiah describes it, uh, beginning in verse 13 of chapter 8. The Lord Almighty is the one you are to regard as holy. He is the one you are to fear. He is the one you are to dread. And He will be a sanctuary. But for both houses of Israel, he will be a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. And for the people of Jerusalem, he will be a trap and a snare. Many of them will stumble. They will fall and be broken. They will be snared and captured. This morning, I want to invite you to make the right choice. The Bible tells us that God can be our sanctuary. Isaiah's prophecy was not what the people wanted to hear. At this particular point in uh, this uh, history of Israel and Judah, the nation of Assyria was poised and ready to attack. And and Judah especially wanted to hear how God was going to defeat this oncoming army. And so Isaiah comes to them, bringing them a word from the Lord. And you can imagine that they were expecting a word of hope, a word of comfort, a a word that would make them be able to go home and and eat their their lunch with, with enthusiasm and feel like life was going to be okay. But that's not the prophecy that Isaiah brought. Because of their sinfulness, because they had turned away from God and had followed after idols, Isaiah tells them that God is going to use the nation of Assyria as a means of punishment against the nation. But it didn't have to be that way. Verse 13, Isaiah tells him, The Lord Almighty is the one you are to regard as holy. He is the one you are to fear. He is the one you are to dread. And He will be a sanctuary. If they would only turn back to God. If they would only realize that He and He alone was worthy of their worship. Not all these false gods and idols They found their sanctuary in God 
and Him alone. Now that word for sanctuary is an important one in the Old Testament. It it carries a, a double meaning. It's a word that was used to describe the place where the people would gather to worship the Lord. That certainly was the idea here. But it had another meaning as well. The word also meant a place of refuge, a place of safety. And both meanings apply in this passage. Both Israel and Judah could find their safety, their security in one place. They could find it in God. They could find refuge in Him. They could find strength in Him. They could find peace in Him. They could find exactly what they were looking for in Him. But they had to understand it was in Him alone. You see, that's what happens when we take our focus off of God. The people of Judah were terrified of this approaching army. And we can understand that. The army of Assyria was the largest army in the world at that time. They were the best defended, the best armed, the best trained soldiers in the world. And the people of Judah dreaded what was to come. But if they had taken their focus off of the Assyrian army and put their focus on God, they would have seen something very clearly. That as big as the Assyrian army was, as powerful as they were, they were no match for the one true God. And that's where their focus should have been. But the problem was their focus was on the approaching army, not on the Lord. That's easy to happen to us as well. During the good times of life, we start to forget how much we depend upon God, how much we truly need the Lord. And then during the difficult times, we focus on the hurt, we focus on the heartache, rather than upon the one who can deliver us from that hurt and heartache. When our focus is off of God, we lose sight of the sanctuary that we can find in Him. We lose the security, the safety, the peace that He alone offers Our worship suffers as we focus on ourselves rather than upon the one who deserves our worship. And all this time, the Lord says, I can be your sanctuary. The older I get, the more I appreciate a good nap. I don't know about you, but I, I like a nap. Now, I used to hate naps. I remember growing up, I didn't understand why my parents were always making me take a nap. Why don't I take a nap? I can run outside and play. I can watch some cartoons on television. There's all kinds of things I can do other than go down, lay down, and take a nap. But they'd make me go take my nap. And then I had children of my own, and I discovered why. <laughs> if your child is napping, you can catch a nap too. <laughs> Exhausted parents need all the naps they can find. And now that my kids are grown, I still find naps appealing. For a few moments. 
The world stops. Problems fade into the background and I get some rest. There's just nothing like a good nap. This sermon may be a really good time to catch one. (laughs) Truth is, rest is essential. We literally cannot live without enough rest. And that's why Jesus' words to us are so sweet in Matthew chapter 11, where Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. God is our sanctuary. When we're facing the burdens of life, when, when when our life is driving us crazy, when, when our family's imploding around us, when our friends have abandoned us, when all seems lost, it's not. God is your sanctuary. When life is good, when the sun's shining, when everything's coming up roses, hey, God is your sanctuary then too. You need Him just as badly in the good times as you do in the bad times. We need His rest more than we may think. Literally, we can't survive without the rest that we find in Jesus. And realizing that God is our sanctuary, it's not only refreshing, it's absolutely vital. Isaiah identifies what happens when we forget this important truth. What happens is God becomes our rock, but probably not the kind you're thinking about when I say that. The Bible identifies God as our rock. Now, we usually associate that with God being a firm foundation, which is absolutely true. In fact, Jesus' parable that's turned into a children's song that has been burned in my brain since the time I was about four reminds us all that when the wise man builds his house upon the rock, when the rains came down and the floods come up, his house stands firm. The Bible presents that very important truth about Christ being our rock. But that's not the only way that the Bible uses that imagery. Isaiah's prophecy describes the other way. The Bible uses the imagery of God being a rock. There in the last half of verse 14 In Isaiah chapter 8, but for both houses of Israel, he will be a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. And for the people of Jerusalem, he will be a trap and a snare. Many of them will stumble. They will fall and be broken. They will be snared and captured because they had turned away from God. Israel and Judah had blinded themselves. They were walking along without being able to see what they were about to run right into. And soon they would fall. The one who could have been their sanctuary would become a stumbling block over which they would fall. The one who could have been their rescuer would become their trap and snare. And perhaps worst of all, they would fall into this snare, this trap of their own choice. 
We had a problem with possums. For some reason, they decided to take up residency in our crawl space. And apparently, they really liked it. We had several possums running around down there. So my dad went out and bought one of those no-kill traps, you know, the big metal contraptions with the two doors on each side, and you put some bait in it, and they run in and trip the little mechanism, and the doors fall down, and then you got a trapped animal. My dad got one of those to, to trap all of our possums. And every morning, we would awake to the beautiful singing of a possum trying to get out of that little metal trap. They apparently did not like it very well. I don't know why not. I don't think my dad enjoyed it all that much either. As early in the morning before he would go to work, he would get up, he'd go out and check the trap. Sure enough, it would have a possum. So he'd load the possum up in his trunk there in the trap. He'd drive out of town and turn this possum loose. We caught possums for a very long time. (laughs) I'm not exactly sure how to tell possums apart But that possum looked awfully familiar every time he was in that cage. Now, either he was inviting all his cousins over, or wherever it was my dad was driving him out of town, he was following the trail back and winding up back in the same trap where he'd been before. Now, you would think he would have figured it out after a while that that peanut butter inside of that mailbox wasn't worth it. But for weeks, we had the daily possum Patrol until one morning my dad announced the possum would no longer be any trouble to us. He did not elaborate on the rest of that, but I think I could read between the lines of what happened. You would have thought that Israel and Judah would have figured this out. The Old Testament provides the history of the nation of Israel, and it is a broken record. When they worshipped God, things went great. When they worshipped idols, things fell apart. Every time, over and over and over again, you see the nation of Israel worshipping God, things go great. They forget about God, start to worship idols, and the nation falls apart. They finally turn back to God, worship God. Everything goes great until they forget about God, begin to worship idols, and things fall apart over and over and over again. By the time Isaiah comes along, this has been happening for centuries. There was no way to miss the choice. God could be their rock of refuge, or he could be the stone upon which they would fall. It was their choice. And God gives us the same choice today. Jesus has made the way. The choice is absolutely crystal clear for us today. All history hinges on Christ. Both world history and your history. Jesus can be the rock of your Savior, or He can be the stone of your judge. You decide. The wonderful truth of the gospel is God has given that 
message to us in a way we can't miss it. That in Christ we can find forgiveness. In Christ we can find cleansing. In Christ we can find everlasting life. He is our rock. But we're not the only ones that need to know that. Because every person, not only in this building, but every person outside of this building as well, has to make that choice. So we need to find every way that we can to share our faith, to share the message of Christ here in Springfield, throughout Missouri, throughout the United States, throughout North America, and throughout the world. Because everyone has to make this choice. So for your one thing that you could do, we've been talking about one things that you could do that would take a next step in your walk with the Lord. Here's a fun suggestion. It's really simple. You know, a lot of times we look for ways to share Christ with people and we kind of struggle with, well, how do I do that? How do I bring it up? What do I say? Well, here's a really fun, inobtrusive, easy way that you can do this. Uh, in your email, and I know a lot of us still use email, that's a good thing. Uh, I text some, but I still mostly use email to communicate. In your email, in your program, it, it has what's called the signature function. Now, you can't actually do it where it looks like a signature, but actually all it is, you can just type in at the bottom of your email, and it will automatically put in a little message. It can put your name, it can put uh, uh, sincerely, whatever, you know, and it can, if you're in a company, it can put the name of your company. If it's your family, you can put your address. Oh, you, you can choose whatever you want to print at the bottom of every email that you send out. And you, you receive a lot of those as you receive email from companies. You'll see that. They'll put their logo down there. Or they'll put their address and phone number or they'll put buy our new product or, you know, they'll, you'll see that in, in their emails. Well, you can do that too. Well, here's something fun that you can do with your emails that will help to share the message of Christ. Maybe you've got a favorite verse. One that's very meaningful to you. Just in your email program, type in that signature line, type in that favorite verse. And then on every email that you send out, that favorite verse will show up down at the bottom of your email. Or maybe you'd like to give them an invitation to National Heights and just say, hey, at the end of your email, you can just say, hey, Come see what God's doing at NHBC. And you could put our website down there, www.nationalheights.org. And it would create a link that would take them straight to our, our website. And they could take a look at some of the great ways that God's at work here. Maybe they would come and check it out. It's an easy way that you don't even have to think about once you've done it. That every time you send out an email, you'd be sending out a message that Jesus can be your rock. We've got to find ways to get the message out. People have that choice that every single person has to make. We need to share with them what the right choice is. Heavenly Father, you make it very, very clear in your word that we have a definitive choice to make. We can choose to have you as a rock of our sanctuary, or the rock of our judgment. Our prayer would be that every person in this room this morning would, would make that decision. I, I want the sanctuary, the peace, the forgiveness that only Jesus can give. And we pray for every person outside this auditorium today as well. We know that every neighbor that we have, every coworker that we have, every friend that we have, every person that we will meet at the grocery store 
every individual we will come into contact with has to make this same choice as well. Help us, Heavenly Father, to find ways that we can share with them how they can know the rock of our salvation. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.